Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into the Crypto Commission podcast. Today's guest is Crypto Wendy O. Most of you know Crypto Wendy from Twitter. She is an, an influencer and a big voice for crypto uh, all around the country. Uh, I wanted to record this preface because today's a special episode for us. Normally we release our podcast on Thursdays, but this week we wanted to put it out a day early because tomorrow the team will be traveling to Chicago for Voices of Blockchain and we are pumped for it. But it's important that we get this podcast out because Crypto Wendy O will be hosting a meetup in Chicago on Saturday following the conference. That's Saturday, August 25th from 8 to 10 p.m. at 222 Tavern in Chicago. Uh, it's going to be a blast. We're going to be there. We're excited to meet a lot of the people that we've come to respect in this space. Thank you, Crypto Wendy, for putting that on. It's going to be lit and we cannot wait. Can't believe I just used lit in a sentence. Anyways, guys. If you enjoy the podcast, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and leave us a comment. We don't want to just see you. We want to hear you. Leave your message. Let us know what you think of the show. And also, you can find us on Twitter at Let's Talk Coin. Give us a follow there. Like and retweet our shit post so that Zach can get out there. And also, we've got a pinned message if you want to check it out. We are doing a Build a Bitcoin workshop from September 1st to September 30th in our Discord, where our chartists and analysts are going to be doing trade setups to build 0.1 BTC into 1 BTC in the month of September, because we do believe that no matter the market, there is money to be made as long as you are knowledgeable and you are cautious and careful and you are making calculated moves. And we want to show everyone out there that it's possible. And we're not looking to do this so that we can continue to just give people information. We want to help people gain knowledge so that they can do for themselves as opposed to always having to lean on other people to do for them. Because we all have to do that initially. Initially, we all have to lean on others that know more than we do so that we can gain their insight and their knowledge. And then we should be able to go out and do things for ourselves. So anyways, guys, without further ado, I want to go ahead and kick off this episode of the podcast with our special guest, Crypto Wendio. Welcome to the Crypto Commission podcast. Here are your hosts, Lambo Leo and the Bitcoin Broski. Hey everyone, welcome to the Crypto Commission podcast. I'm the Bitcoin Broski here with my co-host Lambo Leo. Say what's up, man. What's going on, guys? Today we are actually graced with the presence of Crypto Wendy O. Hey Wendy, how are you? I'm doing good, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. We were pumped to have you on. Those of you who don't know Wendy, she is a maven in the space. We were excited to get her on just because she is uh, she is one of those crypto evangelists that are out there uh, really spreading the word. And uh, she's brought a lot of people into the space. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we're really eager to, to find out, Wendy, is how did you get introduced to crypto? What's your what's your evolution story, your genesis into the space? So I originally I first got in in November 2017. Um I was like really, really unhappy for, with my job. I was there at the company for 10 years. I was unhappy for a long time. I always wanted to start my own business. I was always thinking, I had an idea in the back of my head, there's always something better out there. I kind of looked into stocks a little bit. I kind of didn't really understand it. It didn't really make sense to me, which was really weird. But finally, I was just like completely fed up. I was planning on leaving my job in December anyways. So I just remember I was like, I was having a really bad day and I was like, you know, screw this. I'm gonna, because <laughs> I actually had heard I had like I knew about um, crypto and Bitcoin. I heard from one from my friend Andy, my buddy Andy, back in like 2010 when he was like, "Oh, can I use your credit card to buy some Bitcoin?" I was like, <laughs> "Like I, I didn't even have a credit card then." I was like, "Nope, you cannot use my credit card. Like you're not gonna buy this weird magic internet money, whatever." 
So, um, so I had heard about it, but then I started hearing about it on Libertarian Radio, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to invest in it and see what happens, like whatever. So I did. I made my first purchase on um, Coinbase. I bought um, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, just a little bit because I didn't know. And then, like, the, I remember literally the weekend I bought it, it dumped the next weekend. It went from like seven thousand to five grand, and I was like, oh my god. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about investing other than like how I do my structure my own investments. I didn't know anything about crypto. So, so yeah. And then after that, it like shot up. And then I just remember buying the tops of a lot of stuff and I got super wrecked, but was really cool. And what I'm most thankful about is I have a mentor is actually somebody I've known for probably close to 15 years. He found out that I was in crypto. He had moved out of state and was like, you know, to help me and help me get on Twitter and help me you know, learn about market cycles and all these different types of things. So, but yeah, that's how I, that's originally how I got into it. That's great. Uh, so what, I mean, if you could go back to that, that first day, what's one thing that you wish someone would have told you kind of advice you wish you could have gotten at that point in time? That, um, not to worry when we drop. That's not, what, not to get scared, not to worry, just ride it out, just ride the wave. So you were buying tops at the beginning, like you said, obviously, like most people were at that time. Um, how did you have a strategy at all? You know, what was your strategy when you began and, you know, how did it transform a little bit? So my strategy when I first started is like, okay, I see these people talking about stuff. So I'm just going to buy these things because they're going to be like stocks. Like you go into the, into the stock market, you get a 401k, you buy like the people, you pay these people to buy stuff for you. And then you hold on to it. Like you basically hold on to these stocks for like forever you know, whatever, you know, I, I went through the financial crisis. So I knew a little bit about that. Um, I was investing then. So I just figured you just hold on to it and see what happens. But now I do the complete opposite. I literally chase the red candles and I try to buy the bottom at the current time. Like I will not, if I see a green candle, I stay away from it and I wait. So yeah, that's my, that's my strategy now. Now I know. <laughs> so you mentioned having a mentor. Uh, that's something that has been has been big in my life just having people that have found success that I could take advice from uh, for anyone that's listening that maybe doesn't have access to something like that or someone like that rather what's uh what's some advice you would give them any any tips on how they could develop a relationship like that to be honest this community is completely amazing like there are so many awesome people that I have met online like I have like a really good friend of mine I met her online and we're like really good friends um, and you know, just if you have questions or you have concerns or you need help with something, there's some people like you literally can DM anybody on Twitter and they will like big, big chance they will get back to you. And it's really about putting yourself out there and reaching out. Um, I think that's major important. Like I was lucky because this person I know, I know the, I know his family really well and I trust him. I would literally this is stupid, but I literally would trust him with my private keys and not think twice about it. Well, <laughs> it's good. It's good to have people like that, though, you know. I don't know about all that. Though. Funny right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Leo. Leo, I I would I would not trust you with my private keys. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't trust you either. <laughs> Do not give anybody your private keys. I'm just saying how much I trust this person, and he, he knows how I like. He knows that I trust him, so you know it's a mutual understanding. Awesome. So, with regards to putting yourself out there, uh, I guess that's a, a nice caveat into into meetups and getting social. What's um how can people go about finding meetups in their area? What's a, what's a resource that they can use? The best resource ever in the world of, of anything is called meetup.com. It's an app you can download on your phone. You can look up and you'll see meetups. Like I originally got into it. My friend, my buddy, I'm going to say his name. My buddy Braden works at um, 
this space company out in Pasadena and they actually, I believe they launched an ICO, but I asked them, I was like, you know, how did you get involved with these people and this company? Cause we had wanted to start a business together before, but it just wasn't the right time. He's like, oh, you know, you just go on meetup.com, start going to meetups and you'll meet people and networking. So I did that and I went on there. This was before I had got into crypto, but I noticed after I got into crypto, I was looking for meetups and there's actually a lot of meetups there, but there's a lot of paid meetups. And I was like, uh, I'm not going to pay to go somewhere and talk to people, like network with people. Like this is kind of dumb. But yeah, I mean, other than that, meetup is really good place to to find meetups and to see what's kind of going on in your community. And like I like me, for example, I post all my meetups on Twitter. Like if you go to my pin message, you're going to see probably at least three or four meetups that I'm doing. That are so how did you get started doing meetups of your own? That's exactly how is I literally went to meetup. I saw that people were charging for meetups. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, there's no reason why, you know, I can't host meetups. Like, I'll find somewhere to host it. And then my buddy Gaston, he does, well, I actually, what originally happened, I was on Instagram. I think this is before I got into crypto Twitter. Um, Omar Crypto News was hosting a meetup, a free meetup in Venice. It was really small, just, you know, a bunch of, you know, crypto enthusiasts. So I went and I had a great time. I met Gaston and Gaston was like, oh, I host meetups. And I was like, okay. I said, well, I want to do that too. Like a buddy of mine, um, he wanted to host, um, or we wanted to start a crypto club at school or something. And then I was like, you know, my goal this summer was to actually start doing meetups, but it was going to be more professional. It was going to be more like talking about blockchain technology and stuff. But then it just kind of transformed into what I do now. But yeah, it just literally like I didn't and I, my whole goal was is like there's like we have all these ICOs. We have all these companies in the space. Like there's no reason why we can't like why they can't help help us out and help bring the community together. And there's no reason why you need to pay to get in, into a meetup either. Like you literally go to any local bar, you go to any like preferably a bar or a brewery because they're nice and big. But like you go and you sit at a table with people like you don't have to pay to get in. Like you're going to buy food and drinks because everybody loves to eat and drink and you just sit down and you talk. It's really cool that you say that you use meetup because I've also used that for the first time this summer myself. Nice. Yeah. And it was awesome too. I've done two meetups and I just went, I didn't even know meetup.com existed whatsoever. And that's all I, I, I didn't know people did paid ones though. Right. Yeah, no, a lot in California, it's absolutely ridiculous. There are so many paid ones. And I'm thinking like, even my mom, she's like, you know, you should charge for these. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not charging for these. Like this, to me, this is absolutely insane. Um, I'm not going to charge somebody for meetups. Well, and I think it'd be counter counterproductive, right? You know, I, I think the way that, that you're doing it is more inviting and welcoming, especially for people who have a level of apprehension. I mean, I think we all we all live the majority of our life behind a screen in some way, shape or form to break out from behind that and to get social and, and connect with people face to face. A lot of people have social anxiety. I think it was BitLord that posted uh, on Twitter the other day that he he battles social anxiety and a lot of people do. So to to kind of take that level out of it, that layer out of it rather, where people also have to pay, uh, I, th- I think that's great. I know that, um, you know, where I am, I'm in, in South Florida. There's not, there's really, I mean, for having so many people in, in my area, there's two crypto groups and yeah, it's, it's super important. Like you literally can start your own. And obviously like, especially if you're in a place that it's not really, that's not really prevalent. Like obviously there's not going to be like, you know, there's not going to be a lot of people coming at first, but that's always how it starts. Is like, it always, like my first meetup I did in my hometown and I had my friend, um, Giovanni and Tempest. 
Um, she's on Twitter. And then Crypto Stash, he's on Twitter. And then Gaston, he came. And so there's three of us at the first one. There's like nobody there. And that's fine. And then the second one I did in LA and there was 30 people. It's that's like, awesome. yeah, it's crazy. Like it just, like you're, and then even my trading meetups that I host at Crypto Space, like there was one week, there was one week where nobody came. It was just me and Gaston, Stacy, and Ernesto, the owners. So there was nobody that came. So we just chilled on the couch and we're literally talking about all different types of crypto stuff. So just because you host meetups, like sometimes there's not going to be anybody coming and that's okay too. It doesn't matter. The fact is that you're putting yourself out there and, you know, doing that. So I think I'm, I'm like super pro meetup and super pro face-to-face. And I do know some people are probably like, oh, she's so outgoing and blah, 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 blah. But I'm actually like, before I started doing this, never in a million years did I think I would ever do this. And I actually, I like people, but it's not like that. <laughs> I do get really bad social anxiety too. And it's something that I did struggle with for many years. So I kind of stopped going out as well. So I get, I get that whole thing also too. So. Well, thanks for, thanks for doing it. Right. It's important to, to bring people together like that. And it, uh, I mean, aside from, from all that, it gives us something to talk about here. So yeah. Uh, you know, one, I don't, I don't want to pigeonhole you into just like the, the queen of meetups because I know you, you have more talents than that. Um, you put out some awesome, uh, awesome reviews, and there's a lot that you do in the space other than just arranging meetups. Um, you know, more of a trading question. When it comes to to how you're looking at projects and your evaluation style, uh, what I know you'll you'll ask a lot of your followers, you know, what they would like to see reviewed. But when you're going in and looking for a good trade, what are you looking for? Um, it really depends. Like I talk a lot with my mentor about different projects. Like he'll send me a DM and be like, "Hey, look at this," and then I'll look at it. And I I personally and I know this is not probably the most popular opinion, but I really like undervalued projects. I like small teams. I like things that are organic. I like things that are non-ICO. I like super low caps. I like the more risky stuff because not only are they more, um, they're able, you're able to make more profit on them. I mean, right now, obviously the market sucks, but I like, I really like the underdogs. I've always rooted for the underdogs. I feel like I, I'm kind of like an underdog myself in a sense. And I just, I want to see these small teams do well and I want to see them flourish. Like that's what, those are the things that I look for. Like the top 20 stuff, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, there's going to be millions of other people looking at top 20 stuff. And I want to be ahead of the curve. Wow. So are there any that, uh, that you'd care to show to us right now that maybe we're not paying attention to? Well, they're not shills because they're not paying me, but my favorite. My well, I, I, it's unpaid, paid. I, I don't mind it. I look at chill as a positive term. If right, it wasn't I, for that, then I, I wouldn't know what to look at. A lot and that's time. a whole nother topic. I'm actually going to end up making a video about it, but everybody's like, but yeah, that's whole, that drives me crazy. Like, okay. So the projects I like, I like DNR a lot, didn't have an ICO and they were a privacy coin. And I, it's something I like small team. I like um, Elix a lot. It's a it's essentially like a lending platform. It's probably the best thing I can describe it to is probably similar to Nexo in the sense. But oh, again, okay. another small team. Um, they just I think they're in Vader now. I'm not sure, but I really like their project a lot. Um, and then I also there's a project Send that I looked at and I thought it was kind of cool. I have I'm not invested in it, but um, I liked kind of what they were doing. And I think it's regard. I want to say it's about voting, but I have right now it's kind of I'm kind of waiting for us to drop and like the market to get worse before it gets better at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I think that's where we're going next, right? We all don't really want to see it happen, but you know, I think it's, it's a good thing I'm 100% in Tron, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do like OCN too. Like, I think it's like I bought it a way higher than what it was. <laughs> 
but I do understand. I feel I literally feel like that when we do when the market picks up, I feel like the price will pick up. With you're that. talking. You're talking to two people who played that last time around, so we know <laughs> we definitely know. Yeah, we just, yeah, we just did a write up on it. But back to you and TA. Like obviously, you do a lot of TA. I've um, I've seen some of your videos in your your meetups that you do. I thought they were really cool. How did you get started with that? You know what? Like obviously support and resistance are big. Do you use indicators and Hugo talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, like I told you, I started buying the top of stuff like a crazy person in December. And I was like, I've seen people post charts mostly like on Twitter and Instagram, whatever. And I was like, there's no reason why I can't do that. There's no reason why I can't make money and I can do this. Like if all these other people can, like, like I failed and I have failed and not done well in a lot of things in life, but it, you know, I'm not going to just give up. Like there's, I was always like, there has to be something that I'm good at. I was always kind of struggling to find something I was good at. And then I started doing TA and I taught myself how to do it. And I was okay at it. So that's really how I got started is I just didn't want to, I didn't want to give up and I wanted to give myself the best shot at this. And my favorite indicators that I use, I use the Bollinger band because it measures volatility and you can pretty much tell when there's a reversal coming. I like to use the Stokes RSI because when you get a cross on that, it's going to tell you when the, when there's a buyer buyer a sell signal. I used to use MACD, but now I'm starting just to use the regular RSI because it moves faster than the Stokes, and I feel like they complement each other. And so th that's what I use. And another thing too is I do see a lot of people. They're like, "Oh, TA doesn't work," or "I can't understand this," and da 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 da. But at the end of the day, TA is math based. I took, I believe, like eight math classes, and I have like a, I think I have an AA in math or something because I've been forever. But I literally remember doing derivatives on my whiteboard at home and doing the same problem like 30 times to study prep for a test. And it's literally TA is the same exact thing because you get your three indicators that line up. And it's all memorization it's all just it's consistent like no matter what type of derivative you take what type of math math problem you do it's literally you're looking for the same things it's the same pattern over and over and over again and well, that that's yeah. why <laughs> no i was just gonna say the biggest thing that i took from that was how hard you worked and how, the fact that you just wanted to get better at it and did a lot of people that are in this market they get discouraged right it's easy you know you lose some money and you're like holy crap i don't know what i'm doing i'm out and especially right now, we're at that point in the market where people are making that decision, you know, and I think we have, we're going to have a little month, maybe two months. Who knows how long this is going to last? I hope it's not that long, but now is the time definitely for people to sharpen up their skills and just stay focused and learn because me in particular, I didn't know anything about TA and same thing, you know, you don't know something until you know it and you put it in the work. So it, it's huge that people take the time, especially right now, to do that. Yeah, and that's what that's one thing that's important too. Is like people think, oh, I'm gonna read these two books, or I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna get it. It's not like I post like today. I called, I made a call at Bitcoin that we were gonna go to 57, I think, because that's what the indicators were telling me. My call was wrong. It was 100% wrong because we bounced right away and we bounced back up, I believe, to 64. And I screwed up because instead of looking, I normally do one day, four hour. Uh, and 45 minute i just did the one day in the four hour and that's where i screwed up is because on the 45 minute or the one hour you there was a straight reversal and but yeah and it's all it's literally all about practice and even even though you practice and you've been doing this for years you're still no call is going to be 100 like and you paper trade a lot right like you you used to paper trade do you still paper trade a lot heck yeah, yeah definitely yeah. yep it's 
paper, and that's another thing. People do not paper trade or they don't know what, they have no idea what it is. But paper, and I'll explain it really quick. Paper trading is when you find a coin you want to invest in. You write down what coin it is. You write down your FA. You see, you know, if it's something you want to invest in, you put your, you chart it right away and you see if you can find an entry. Once you find your entry, you see if you have a target, whether you're going to go long or whether you're going to go short or like whatever. So you start doing that. And then on your journal, you, you're manually writing this out. I don't recommend people like do like type it in just because I, I'm a firm believer of actually manually writing things down. It connects with your brain better. Yeah. You literally write down your three reasons why. Like I'm going to enter Bitcoin because the Stoge, because RSI, the and the Bollinger Bands. You need your you need to have your reasons, and you write these down. You write your entry and your exit, and your exits. And then, like you obviously, that's why I like swing trading is because you kind of just watch you watch the trade for a couple of days and see how it pans out. And then when you're done, when you complete the trade and you execute, you, you write down your reasons. Okay, I made a profit because I did this, or I made I lost because I did this. And you have this journal. And you do it, you know, whenever any single time you do a trade or you want to do a trade and you have this journal so you can go back on and you can say, oh, like, let's say you want to enter in a lick, but then you remember, oh, you know, this is this chart is similar to something I did a month ago. You can go back to a month ago and see what you did and why. And you can even go back to like trading viewer to Coinigy and you can pull that up and you can pull the data up and you can see the like you can see the, um, the indicators there. You can go back and see where you screwed up. Like that's the beauty of paper trading and journaling is it's super, super, super important. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. <laughs> I saw a lot of that the past six months with myself, things that I would write down and I went back and I'm like, why didn't you just listen to yourself? <laughs> and a lot of people do is they get really like, because trading is emotional, especially with money, because it's, it's very, very emotional. But it's good just to see, because like once you write something down, you have that there and you stick Plan. Like I remember I was in a photo trade. I bought super early and I got, I, you know, I wait and I stacked my cells and then one day it pumped like crazy. So I had only, ha I had only expected um, like a 40% profit and it pumped like absolutely insane. And I remember feeling so stupid after I'm like, oh shit, like I'm out on this. Like, oh my God, I could have made so more money. But at the end of the day, like I stuck to my trading plan and I made profit. I just, I didn't make as much profit as I wanted, but I made profit. I mean, that's a cliche, right? When you, when you lose, it's always too much. And when you profit, it's never enough. Right. Exactly. So yep. but a, all profit is a good profit. So uh, talk a little bit about that. So when it comes to stacking, stacking cells and laddering into buys, what's your strategy there? So what I like to do is I like to draw, like I like to draw big support and resistance boxes in crucial areas. And when I'm, and when I'm, when I see an entry or somewhere I want to enter, I'll draw these boxes and I'll see where all the supports and resistances resistances are, and I'll draw a fib, and just pull just to kind of because it kind of pulls them out. Like let's say I want to invest a thousand dollars into a product or a coin, I'll divide that equally by five, and I'll stack my buys all there. And I even will set sometimes super low ones just to see what happens because sometimes you get those long wicks, and that's the same thing for profit. Like I'll say, okay, you know, this is lined up, this, this, and this but I'm going to, so I'm going to set my cells here. And then every time I get an order that hits, then I go back and I, you know, I kind of reanalyze it and see, okay, is this still making sense? Do I still have these cells here? Or like whatnot. And so, then, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. go ahead. Yeah. So when, with, with that, I know uh, taking profit is something that a lot of people just don't understand. I know when I was early, early in the market, uh, I didn't understand the, th the thought of taking profit. I thought you were either in a trade or you were all out and there wasn't any medium. Uh, so 
what does what does your take profit strategy look like? How how do you have that structured? Um, I know right now the market's not in a place where anyone's really taking profit on anything. But the same thing when I go to enter a trade, I do by big support box and then I do fibs down and I pull buy at all the major supports. And the same thing when I'm doing executing a trade, I buy at all the major or oh, excuse me, I'll sell at all those resistances that I feel like the target will justify. And that's what I do there. And um, but yeah, essentially profit is profit. I mean it's like when I first started trading, I was so naive and so stupid because I was like, okay, well, I want a 10 times on this or I want this on that. But it's not it's not what you want. It's what the market wants. It's what the wave wants. It's what, you know, what the buyers and sellers and what the supply and demand wants. It has nothing to do with you. The market doesn't care about you. Like you take what you can you take. What you can take. But another important thing I want to throw in really quick is always having a moon bag, especially in crypto, how crucial it is. Do you guys know what those are? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to tell the viewer, the, the listeners Fantastic. is where you basically hold on to 10% of your bag of whatever coin you have. And the reason why we do that and the reason why it's so important is because crypto, crazy things happen and things pump. Like Pickle coin? Which one? Pickle coin? Do you guys yeah. hear? Whatever. Pickle, pickle coin went 40x. Holy crap. When was no. that? I missed out. It was what? a month ago. Oh, okay. okay. But literally, you get all these crazy things that end up pumping like crazy, and it doesn't like. It really doesn't. And that's why you have it because if you have like a like a moon bag, a ripple, or like whatever, I do. I have a moon bag of ripple. I have a moon bag of different things. But it's like if you have a moon bag of all these coins, then if they pump, then who knows what it can pump to, or who knows like in ten years, like let's just say it decides to be around in ten years or whatever the deal is. Like you can have like a huge stack of like your ten percent bag, whatever it is, it can be like huge. You just don't know, and it's not it's not like it's costing you anything because essentially you own it free and clear. Right. So what, go ahead, man. I was just gonna say, how much does your portfolio strategy like? How much do you adjust your strategy because you know how how sentiment seems to change so much do you change your strategy often and adapt or do you kind of try and stay with the same strategy so i have my portfolio hedged right now it's not too very well hedged because like prices drop to shit on a lot of things it's hard <laughs> but, to hedge with this market yeah, yeah. But originally i had my portfolio hedged really well for a long time with btc and ethereum because i had bought it at when I got in November and I got, I think I got Ethereum at like $300 and I think I got Litecoin at like $20 or something, whatever it was. And then Bitcoin, I got at seven grand. So I kept my portfolio afloat for a long time. Like I'm down in USD, but I am, um, I'm breaking even in, in BTC, which I'm not anymore because the market is like so terrible, but um, that's the way I like to do it. But as far as changing my strategy, I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do because we don't know what's happening. Like I have an idea as to what's going to happen with um, price and how low, what the low is going to be. But I let's talk about that. Okay. Call it, Wendy. Okay. So the reason why I'm talking that I'm I'm calling the low, and this is this is, and I posted it on Twitter, and people got pissed, which I don't care. But basically, I feel that miners are going the hash reward if it goes below 57 or 58. Some of they're going to turn their miners off, and if they turn their miners off, that's really 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 bad so i feel like when price drops to that point and i can even show you guys on a chart if it drops between 57 like like upper 57 and 61 miners start shutting their stuff down and every single time we've dropped that low we've bounced up immediately is it going to hold i have no idea if it doesn't hold we are going to completely capulate and get like a like a whole brand new lower low 
So if we calculate or we break between below those supports, miners are going to shut their gear off and we're going to see super, super lows. The cost of mining is different in every country, correct? It is, but there's other factors. So I was talking with somebody um, that deals with all of that and there's different factors. Like you might be able to mine in China or different countries and the electricity is lower, but you also have to bribe your local government. So there's there, there are those costs as well. Right. So People don't then those are costs nobody's talking about and yeah people are saying oh the, you know the chinese market they're going to go ahead and you know they're going to go ahead and keep their miners on and blah 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 to push everybody else out which maybe that's true but maybe it's not we don't know because they have all these other costs that they're paying because they're paying they're they're bribing their government or they're doing whatever which i'm not saying it, that it's just them i'm just saying this is a general statement then they like there's always costs that we don't that we don't know about so that's just those are that's my opinion. That's my thoughts. Like we need miners to keep the ecosystem at bay. So that's just my that's my personal opinion on it. I don't know if I'm right. I'm still super new, but you know. I think there's no right or wrong here. Everybody's just speculating right now. So right. You didn't have it so early on. Yeah. The uh, did I, I'm not sure if you you listened to uh, Shill Gates' little um, uh, video on BTC yesterday. <laughs> Uh, but he's, he's awesome. He was on the show. He's a really good dude. Uh, and he's, he's never really hidden the fact that he thinks that uh, BTC is a pile of hot garbage. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on that topic? Did you listen to it yesterday? So he and I are actually really good friends. Yeah. He's a great dude. And we go back and forth about this all the time. Like he, he, he and I have a completely different understanding, a completely different opinion on it. And we go back and forth and like we battle, I battle with him. Like, of course, he doesn't get as savage on me as he does with like all <laughs> people on Twitter, but we battle. And I, to me, I think Bitcoin is king. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think there's so many dynamics to it that make it that that are really good. And it's like we have the Lightning Network that's coming out still. I know they're still working on it. So I'm really bullish on that. I'm waiting for it. I'm bullish on ETFs. I'm bullish on institutional money coming in, which I know, of course, once they continue to keep pouring in, there will be more manipulation. But as far as what he says, like that's his opinion and I respect that, but I just differ in that. And I think that, I think that Bitcoin is here to stay. I don't think it's going anywhere. It would be nice to see it kind of decouple from everything else though, to, to see everything yeah. be valued on its own merit, as opposed to, uh, to being tied so closely to BTC. And that's something that I, I agree with him on, but I also, I, I'm a believer that BTC will always be the premier store of value in this space, at least. Right. I mean, another thing though, too, is like, like, okay, and this might be totally off and it's not, if it doesn't make sense, totally cut me off. But like for like, I'm, I'm an American and I'm, we're in, I'm in the United States and we, a lot of other countries base their value on our dollar. And I think that BTC is similar into that. And I feel like there's always going to be one superior currency. And like, let's say America like goes away and, you know, is conquered or whatever, there's going to be another currency that's king. And I believe that's the same thing with crypto. Like even if BTC does go away, there's going to be another currency that's king. That's going to be that, that, that market value is going to be that, or that the price action is going to dictate to what other firms are doing. And the same thing, like if our economy, if we get really bad news about our economy, different parts of the world react accordingly. So I feel that that's similar to crypto. Like there's always going to, nothing is ever going to be equal, unfortunately. I think there's always going to be one force that's stronger than the other. Well, I think it was, uh, I think it was what Bitcoin did's podcast with Pierre Richard, where he, he goes into detail about that same topic, where if you look back through history, 
uh, all civilizations kind of uh, move towards one unified currency just because mm -hmm. it's, it's easier to base base right. value off of off of that than have a bunch of different things. And uh, right now, I mean, you're right, the world economy is completely tied into the value of the US dollar. Um, it would be nice to see that happen for Bitcoin, I, I will say it would be great. Uh, my yeah. portfolio would be very happy about it. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how that how that pans out. What do you what do you think the next decade looks like for this space? Oh, my God, the next decade is going to be so awesome. It's going to be amazing. Like, like right now we're dealing with scalability issues and all these coins are coming out with all these great ideas and all these things. And the next 10 years is going to be that it's going to be a revolution for us. Like, it's going to be interesting to see what products are actually going to fulfill their promises, what product projects are, you know, not going to like people are so quick to call scam, like a coin a scam. But at the end of the day, there's always somebody else that's really bullish on that project. All these coin companies are tokens. They're essentially small businesses, like 90% of small businesses that enter the space, they fail. Like they're operating at losses the first couple of years. So, I mean, me, I would love, I would love for all these coins to succeed and do well at the end of the day, they're not. But the, just the technology behind blockchain in itself, it's going to revel. I believe it's going to revel, revolutionize the world. And I cannot wait. I'm excited to be a part of it. And I'm excited to see what, like, how it's going to do it. Because I know it's going to do, it's going to help improve voting. It's going to help improve healthcare and supply chain management and all these other things. And with, like, with owning land, like, all these different things, it's going to help improve. Absolutely. So, so with your portfolio, are you, uh, you mentioned a few different sectors there. Do you have a strategy when you're looking at these different sectors? Are you trying to spread things around and maybe get a little bit involved with each market segment or um, do you not take that approach when you're, when you're looking to enter a trade? Right now, no, because a lot of the healthcare, I worked in healthcare for seven years. <clears throat> so a lot of the healthcare projects I see, and the people are probably not going to like that I say this because we're all about decentralization. At the end of the day, people's health comes first and getting people the care they need comes first. I don't think we need a decentralized blockchain um, system to deal with that. I think every need that there needs to be one system for everybody across the world that we can, that healthcare partners can pull in and they can get access to anything they need instantly. Because if we have all these different projects that are doing all these different things, it's going it to, it defeats the purpose of patient care and patient quality of patient care. Like for supply chain management, obviously, let's say your Coke and your Pepsi, like you can use two different supply chains. Like that makes sense. Right. We need to know your pharmacy. We need to know your doctor, your physical therapist, your psychiatrist, your rehab facility, your hospital. Like we need to know all of those things and they all need to be in one place where you can actually have access into them. Because when we're going and we're looking into, um, I worked in pharmacy for a very long time. When I'm looking into somebody's um, patient, their patient profile and they're, I can't see what their doctor said, or I can't see what this person said or what they were prescribed. It made, made my job harder. And I was like literally spending hours trying to do this. And it's not, it's not fair to the patient. So though, as far as healthcare stuff goes, I don't think anything can do that yet. I think it's going to need to be on a lot larger scale. Well, and that just leads back to the point that decentralized is kind of just a, like a, a hot button word, something that people use to advertise and market. It's not always something that it's kind of, well, I mean, there's a lot of companies that are creating a creating a solution without a problem, right? So, right. yeah, I mean, I like for healthcare, I don't think we need decentralized, but the, for other stuff, definitely, like for land or for, um, you know, supply chain, those type of data. Yeah, yeah, supply chain is definitely a big one that I'm into. Interoperability, data sharing, storage, you know. Yeah, 
that stuff's important. And I do think that there's some, there should be some decentralized products, but as a crypto community, we need to really, instead of being like maximalist on everything and being, I need to have my way, da, 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 da. Like we really need to think about blockchain technology is how it can improve our society, how can, how it can make things more efficient. And if it makes sense for a pro, what one project, yes, but it just because it makes sense for one project doesn't mean it's going to make sense for everything else. So we need to just, we kind of need to come together and stop being like, like hating on each other and being like ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's huge. You see like the disparity in Bitcoin versus Bitcoin cash. And like you were talking about how some people are just maximalist on their coin and their project. Right. It definitely does a big disservice to the whole space because you can't, you don't want that discrepancy going on all the time. You have, what do we have? 1600, 1800 tokens right now. And if everybody only likes their token, we're not going to have adoption, you know? Well, not only that, but it, at the end of the day, too, like we have how many different brands of cereal do we have? We right. Yeah. Different brands of real like real estate companies <clears throat> and healthcare. We have all these different things like people have the right to choose what they want to do. Like they don't have to like your like. And, that, and that's another thing, too, is like these coin companies, they might be able there might be two similar similar privacy coins, but one might do something better than the other and then vice versa. Like and it might work better for one person than the other person. So at the end of the day, let the people choose like if they can still make a profit and they can make a really awesome roadmap and um, technology have really good technology, then that's awesome. But it might help one person other than the next person. And we're a growing population. So, let you know, just uh, I really think people need to settle down and not get so crazy and keyboard warriors really <laughs> keyboard warriors well i mean even 1800 is not a lot you know 1800 if you think about how many how many businesses exist in the world right even in like california there's like like for example there's contractors there is like a million contract like millions there has to be millions for every different kind for construction for carpentry for electrical for like whatever it's like there's so many companies like there if there wants to be like a bunch of crypto companies that's fine like if they can they can better serve their community or the people that like them then that's freaking awesome like let's do it and people need to just be you know they don't have to like it but they can just settle down a little bit well i mean competition makes everything better you know if we didn't have i mean frankly speaking if we didn't have samsung and apple competing over who's gonna buy which phone our phone we still all have nokia flip phones you know what i mean so it's that's what makes them work better what's that <laughs> Like those are the best. You can literally run those over with the car, and they would be. Fine. <laughs> yeah, the razor was my jam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so one question we always like to ask people, and I think we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but one, what's one thing about the space that you absolutely love? So one thing about the space that I completely love is that you can be on Twitter, or you can do whatever, like wherever you are in your little community, or Discord, or Telegram. You can literally do and post and say whatever you want. Like if you want to post charts, you post charts. If you want to do podcasts, you do podcasts. If you want to do interviews, if you want to do any of those things, you can put yourself out there and do it. And like, obviously there'll be one or two haters, but at the end of the day, the, the community as a whole is very, very supportive. Like, and you can, I feel like you can put yourself out there and like, everybody is going to do the same as everybody else or like be as successful but at the end of the day you can put yourself out there and there's going to be people that are going to like it and they're going to be like you know you're awesome and they could you know say nice things to you so that is probably the best thing about this community the thing that i love the most and uh on to the next question what's one thing that you hate then i don't like how nasty people are sometimes like some of the stuff they say is really it's it's really really hurtful and it's really rude 
and I get it. There's some people that have issues or there's some people that disagree and stuff. But at the end of the day, like you can, you can say, you can disagree with somebody or not like somebody, but you don't need to be nasty about it. You don't need to like be vicious about it. And I think there's a lot of that that goes on in this space. So me personally, like I just block those people. Like if somebody has something nasty to say, it's I don't want to engage with them, but it's just because I don't need, I've, you know, I had a really rough life growing up and I don't need that as an adult. So Absolutely. And then you could probably add in the factor that on crypto Twitter, how many people are anonymous on top, you know, so they don't even feel the repercussions. They're just saying some random stuff and it is very hurtful. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty nasty, especially in this bear market. Oh like, yeah. I'm just saying it's unbelievable actually what people are saying, but it's, it's easy to hit that block button. I agree. Yeah, I do. I don't care. I know some people frown upon that, but at the end of the day, I'm there. I'm on crypto Twitter for business, for my brand, for myself. And I'm not there to, I'm there to make friends. And if somebody doesn't like what I'm saying and they're going to continually be nasty and troll me, just not going to tolerate it. And yeah, I think there's also just that level of, uh, of discernment to understand because I mean, Shell Gates is a perfect example, right? Um, in our conversation, he's like, he is an, an awesome dude. Like just in conversations, he's a, he's a good person. Um, but he is the, he is the king of shit posting and his stuff is like, uh, this is the back and forth that he has with, with Charty. It always cracks me up, but I think the people that are new to the space can often see that as, as immaturity and don't understand the, the fun of it all. Right. But I don't think he's, I don't, the thing with him is he's not going on people's pages and he's no. not sexual stuff to them. And he's not, no. he's not bullying anybody. Like some of these, when I'm talking about people being nasty, like the stuff he does, it's funny. Like I, he and I joke, Hilarious. Around, but there's people that go on there and they're saying like nasty, like sex, like nasty sexual stuff to women. Like some of the stuff I get in my DM sometimes I'm just like, whatever. And then so they're posting like really nasty things like and that, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the shit posting because I love shit posting. I even I, I do some of it sometimes myself, but I'm talking about the people that are like malicious and they're hateful. So and I, that has to be a barrier for entry when it comes to to women stepping up as leaders in the space. Uh, thank you for that, by the way. I mean, I've got a I've got a three year old daughter and, and something that's always big for me is um, I mean, she's. She's a, even at, at her age, she's strong, she's smart. I know she's going to accomplish whatever she wants to accomplish. What's, what's something that can be done to maybe foster a better environment to where more, you know, women of strength and in, in leadership positions can step up in this market? So as far as that goes, it's like raising a child that's confident, that loves themselves, that's really, really important. But no matter where you go and no matter whatever industry you're in, there's always going to be people that don't, regardless if you're a man or a woman, there's going to be people that are mean to you and that are that are not nice and that don't like you. And I think that going back to the thing about bringing more women into this space, I think we just need to have, thick, unfortunately, we have to have thick skin. And I used to never be like, oh, you know, I'm a woman and there's any difference because I could give a crap about gender. Like I worked in the gay community for, for many years. Like I could, that all that stuff doesn't bother me. Or I don't have like I yeah, I welcome it. But being in the crypto space, I noticed that I, I do I am treated differently because I'm a woman. I think that like with some business opportunities I get, I feel like <laughs> I feel kind of like there people are kind of like, oh, she's a woman, she's gonna do this for this or like whatever. And they don't take in the fact that I'm gonna clap back and be like, No, I demand this. Like so there is definitely a 
a little bit of a gap. And I think a lot of it is because we're dealing with so many different cultures as a whole. So we have to take that into account. Never but thought about that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just raising and being being strong, being assertive and not letting like, oh, obviously being kind to people. But if you don't feel comfortable with something and you don't feel like and you feel like you deserve better standing up for yourself, standing up for yourself is probably the most important thing or important advice I can give anybody is do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. Be kind to people and stand up for yourself. And you use the term clap back. So that just means you are uh, you're officially a gangster. So that's yeah. <laughs> no, uh, honestly, I think that, um, I mean, what you're doing is great. And the, I mean, for me being new in the space, um, when I saw how you were working to organize things and just being out there and I would see you, uh, in Seattle with the meet at a meetup in Vegas and California, just wherever you, what's that? What is Seattle? That what? no, there was, maybe oh, it was. It wasn't me. I've only done them in California. I'm going to do one in Nevada. I'm going to do one in NorCal. It was an imposter. It was, it was. an imposter There we go. So anyways, foot in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it was just, it, it's it's inspiring to see because like I said, being in an area where there isn't anything, it's encouraged me to, to start getting some going of my own. Um, we always like to ask people, wh- why? Why this? Like, why have you chosen to to take this on what's the what's the motivating factor behind getting out there and continuing to do what you do so like i said i was really unhappy with my job the california job market completely sucks if you don't have like a master's degree you will not find a good paying job i worked in a job for a long time i hated i had people that were very nasty to me i was there was thing crazy things that happened at work to me that or whatever so when I actually applied to other jobs in my neighborhood, close to home, because I commuted over two hours or more, uh, two hours to get to work, and then on my way home, three hours or one wow. hour, three hours total. And this was for seven years I did this. <clears throat> I'm very, very tired, and there was other factors like stuff with my family to why I needed to work at home. But when I applied closer to home, I literally put out, and I remember doing this because it was, I was. It was in a kind of a rough time for me. I put out 400 applications. I maybe got nine callbacks. And then when I got an interview for some of those callbacks, the job I was offered, I was going to be getting paid less. And I was like, like, no, like, no, I don't ever want to go back to a nine to five. I, I love what I'm doing. This is the first time in my life I feel where I belong. Not only do I do my meetups, but I started a company. I have two other partners and we are working on creating an amazing product or not even a product, essentially a, it's a crypto marketplace ecosystem that's going to, I believe that's going to be a game changer and that's going to bring in mass adoption. And I just, I love the space. I love the people in it. I see so many opportunities, so many opportunities for growth that I, I don't want to do anything else but this. That's awesome. That's Good awesome. You want to talk about that project a little bit? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I don't have my NDAs with me and I can't do it when you guys sign them virtually. But the way that I see in my head, it's a project I wanted to do for a long time. Um, I didn't do it because I got discouraged because I was like, there's no way I can compete with these big companies that have already have this idea in motion. But when I got into crypto, I was like, I can do this. And the reason why it's going to work so well is because the tier of payment that we're using, you get you save money if you use crypto and you save even our you save even more money if you use our crypto and the best thing about it is we're not doing an ico we have no desire to do an ico because we know we're going to be around long time and the two people that we're working with have been in the space a long time they've worked on other projects they know what they're doing and we're getting ready we're in beta right now 
and we were getting ready to like this year is probably going to be a really really big year for me with that and them and i'm really and i will when i do announce it i'm it's going to be i'm super bullish on it so yeah so I, I know that no one can actually see you when you're talking about this but you have like a crazy big smile on your face yeah. uh, and i think that that is something that uh everyone should get to feel right that that feeling of, of doing it right because it, starting a business, I think it, Elon Musk was the one that said it's like chewing on glass and staring into the abyss. Right. Yeah, it's, it hurts and you have no idea what's coming. But right. just that sense of accomplishment that I can see on your face as you're talking about it, everyone should get to get to experience that one time in their life, you know? So. And there's no reason, like if you're in crypto now, I don't care what you're good at, I don't care what your skill set is, there's, there is a place for you here. Talk to people, be nice to people, reach out, join groups, start meetups, do whatever you need to do. Network. Networking is so freaking important. It's amazing. Like the people that I meet at my meetups, the people I meet online and then all these groups, network and talk to people. And I promise you, you will find a niche for yourself to be successful. But that is, that's super, super important. Super, super important. Well, so just to kind of close things out here. And again, thank you for coming on. Um, we are all going to be in Chicago for Voices of Blockchain. Uh, will you be doing? Hey, I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Will Will you be doing anything in Chicago? Yes, I am going to. I know I've been kind of lagging on it because um, I have a couple things that I'm working on now. I'm going to host a free meetup. I don't know what day it's going to be. I they the people from the Voices of Blockchain they sent over the itinerary. So we're. I believe that the conference is only going to be going to like 6 p.m. So I'm looking to host something probably 7, 10, 7 to 10 p.m. at one of the local bars or breweries that is close to where I will be staying just for convenience for me. Um, so the, I'm going to be doing something. It's either going to be the 24th or the 25th, but I promise I'm going to get something going, even into where we meet, just meet for an hour. Like I'm going to do something like I'm, I'm going to. But yeah, that's a that's a plan right now. You have awesome. two guests right here. Yeah, sure. so I've had two so far. I'm traveling with Javon, so we're going to – I'm making her go, too. I know that – I'm going to make sure that she listens to this, and she's going to be like, no, I'm not going, but she's going. <laughs> yeah, I want everybody to come. I want everyone to meet and to hang out, like have drinks, drink water, whatever you want. I just want everybody to touch base and connect. I feel that it's these conferences are really awesome, and I appreciate people doing them, but at the end of the day, we need to provide an environment that's free for everybody to come because some people can't afford conferences. And if they, if the voices of blockchain weren't sending me, then I wouldn't be going because I can't afford it right now. So that's my, that's one of the things is including everybody the best way I can. I, I appreciate the transparency there because there's a lot of people that wouldn't, wouldn't have said that. And I think that people, people hear leaders in the space and assume that everyone is wealthy, frankly yeah. speaking. I'm a full-time student. Like I'm not working now. Um, whatever money I have, it's from stuff that I get paid to do in the space and it's from trading, which I which right now is not going super well. I don't have a lot of money to be traveling and doing whatever. So, I mean, one of the things I'm looking for is I'm looking for um, companies to sponsor me as far as sending me to all these different places and doing free meetups. So that's something that I'm working on. And, um, you know, I'm hoping to be able to do it professionally. I'm hoping that one of my, when my, my platform, when it launches, I hope that does really well. And I hope that people see the value in it and see how important it is. I hope I do well from that because the, the better I do, I will, it's going to be a point for me to give back to the community as far as bringing people together. So awesome. Well, Wendy, let everyone know where they can find you. 
So I am at YouTube. I post, um, I live stream my meetups. I do TA vids. I do interviews with different companies and that's at Crypto Windio YouTube. Um, I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Investy. I'm on Twitter. I am on, I just did a face starter Facebook account just because to get more people involved that I can. I am on Instagram and trading view. Oh, trading view. I'm on trading I'm literally on all these sites and it's all crypto window. So I would really love if people would subscribe to my YouTube channel. That would be awesome. And lastly, I have a meetup tonight with Adam Meister at um, Boomtown Brewery in downtown LA. It's from seven to 10. It's going to be free. All you need to deal with is parking and buy yourself some delicious beer. But I have that. And then every Thursday night, I have my trading basics meetup at crypto space in San Pedro. Those are also free. And then I will be announcing my September meetup in Orange County sometime in September. And then I have the Las Vegas meetup and yeah, all they're all over the place. And you can always see my meetups on my pin message on my Twitter account at Crypto India. When you say Vegas, you mean for uh, World CryptoCon? Oh yeah. So um, Morocoin is sponsoring the event. They are absolutely yeah. As far as bringing mass adoption in, just because of what they do, mm -hmm. uh, so they're sponsoring my event. Um, it's going to be a free meetup that's going to be after the um, the conference. It's going to be on 11-1, and it's going to be free. I want everybody to come down. That information will be um, in my page um, on Twitter. But yeah, it's going to be free. So if you're in Nevada or you're going to be a WCC, like come hang out with us. And I don't know, we're also going to be celebrating Ken's birthday. My co-host Ken Bosak, he's awesome. He's going to be cool. there. To try and get him a big Costco cake to celebrate his birthday, but nice. yeah, really want everybody to come. It's gonna be a big deal. Fantastic. Well, this episode is gonna air on August twenty third, so uh, by that time we will include the information for the Voices of Blockchain meetup, so that we can try to draw draw a crowd out there because it is gonna be a lot of fun. We're excited, uh, and I will be there with you at WCC. Awesome. Uh, so looking forward to that. But uh, Wendy, was there anything else that you wanted to to add before we close things out here? just please subscribe to my youtube channel even if you don't watch my vids but just subscribe i'm trying to get my subs up and then follow me on twitter just so you guys can stay you know updated if anybody's got any questions about anything i talked about or needs help with anything please send me a dm and i will get back to you when i can that's awesome all right well uh wendy thank you again for coming on yeah for thank us. You, wendy. yeah thank it's, you it. it's been a pleasure me. talking it's to you awesome. thank you <laughs> yeah we're gonna go ahead and log off here but guys take it easy until next time